Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Me too. Wesley Euler, Tom Offerman with you here. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Our guy Tom, kind enough to sit in today, having some fun on a Friday. We're going to catch up with Brian Bacco in about 15 minutes from now. But, Tom, it is time for me. I've got some big shoes to fill here, okay? Literally and figuratively. As <laughs> normally at this time, I turn it over to Professor Motes, and he, you know, his keen decade of NFL experience, he gives us the five matchups that we got to watch for, right? The ones that are going to determine the outcome of the game. The five-star matchups from Professor Motes. Well, Motesy obviously out this week, so I will do my best Professor Euler impersonation. Professor Motes impersonation. Substitute teacher at the podium. It's time for a little five-star Friday. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Anybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it. Number one, Tom, on five-star Friday is Aaron Jones versus the Steelers inside linebackers. Uh, Green Bay's offense looked the best that they did last week because it was the best Aaron Jones has played all season. He's been banged up as well, too. He went for over 70 yards on 20 carries, scored a touchdown on the ground, had four receptions out of the backfield as well, too. It's no coincidence it's the best they've looked on offense all year. It's the best Jordan Love has looked in his entire NFL career in a regular season game because they were able to run the ball like that with Aaron Jones. He is not the same player that he was five or six years ago with Aaron Rodgers when they were the best offense in the NFL but maybe a lot like Geno Smith. They wrote him off, but he ain't right back, though. And you can't let him stack two straight good performances in a row here. I don't know if they really wrote him off as far as he really is just past his prime. I mean, he did have a great game okay, last fair. week, but didn't he, have like, he only had like 70 yards, like 73 yards on the ground. Like A vintage Aaron Jones game is pushing 200 total yards on the ground, Correct. getting a couple touchdowns. Correct. I mean, literally a game-breaker, and I don't know if he can be a game-breaker, so... Big test, though, still for the Steelers no without Holcomb. Cole Holcomb and maybe no maybe Landon, Landon Roberts. Roberts. So that's still a little tricky there, and maybe he can eat this week just because of the matchup that he has. But I think what you said on the latter half of your analysis there, Professor Euler, he's just not the same back as he once was. If there's one guy I look at on that offense who can really give the Steelers problems, it's Aaron it, It's got to be him. But, but, again, that's just because there ain't nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah. So don't let that guy beat you. 
Five Star Friday, matchup number two. How about Broderick Jones against Rashawn Gary, the uh, defensive end of the Packers? I love it. Put the, it in my veins. The Michigan man, Rashawn Gary. Now make sure he's not stealing any signs over there on the sideline. Guess what right? I got for a Michigan man? I got a Georgia Bulldog. <laughs> They're like an insect on the Georgia windshield, these Michigan men. Please, Rashawn Gary is going to get flicked off like a bug, like an insect. Nah, he's a great player. Uh, second career start at right tackle. Right? I mean, this is against a guy who just signed a big contract extension with the Packers. Yeah, I think he's he is low-key, other than Jair, maybe their best defensive player. I would agree with you on that. And they've got they've got some good ones. Um, Preston Smith is a good player. Devontae Campbell, yeah. Quay Walker. They've got, they've got some good ones, without a doubt. But I agree with you on that. He is not um, TJ or Miles Garrett or Nick Bosa, but I think he's in that next tier. Yep, yep. I think he's in that or, next tier. Or just tier. getting there, yeah. Or just getting there. You know, Max Crosby's still uh, probably a step ahead. Micah Parsons, right? But I think you could argue him starting in that in that next tier. Um Good test for Broderick Jones here. But I think a test that he's ready for and a test that yep. he can very likely pass. And not to say that they're going to leave Broderick out on an island either. I'm sure he will have sufficient help against Rashawn Gary when he's needed to. But we might just find as the game unwinds, Wes, that the times that he needs help on Rashawn Gary are fewer and fewer than we could have ever imagined. And I, I think that so. would just be so good for making everybody feel great about this kid just you know taking this uh, we all wanted him at left tackle even he said this week i uh, prefer playing left tackle but maybe he just takes this right tackle runs with it and maybe he's elaine johnson you know you know you can be a great right tackle as well you certainly can hopefully uh we will see that this week i Pen- think this penny is Sewell, i think was also the, the, the lines put him at right tackle sure he's, he's excelling right mm-hmm. now and hey is, is the way that quarterbacks play nowadays, the way that teams have started to, I mean, you play at right tackle, you're going up against TJ Watt. Yes. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's teams have, have started. It's not the traditional, you just put your best guy on the left side and, and all that, and you put your best pass rusher over there on the quarterback's blind side. That's evolved. And he's shown and, the athleticism that he can pull anyway. He can go. He'll be all over the field in the run game, too. So, I mean, I love it. I, I, we wanted to see him at left tackle, but I, I'm just glad he's on the field. So I'll take it. Same here. Nice test for him this week. Go get it done. Five-star Friday, matchup number three. Tom mentioned Jair Alexander just a moment ago. Yep, it's him against Kenneth Shane Pickett. Now, Jair Alexander, again, as we lined up, he's missed some games this year. He did play last Sunday against the Rams. He had a really nice PBU, a deflected pass that led to an interception for that Packers defense. The best he's looked all year. He hasn't practiced this week now with what they're calling a shoulder. So is his back banged up a little bit still? Is his shoulder banged up? He hasn't practiced this week. He also talked to the media today, which, one, gives me a good indication that he's going to play because if they thought he wasn't going to, he probably wouldn't have spoken to the media. And, two, he talked about how he was excited to compete against George Pickens. I don't think he would have been that direct in his wording either if he wasn't confident in his chance to play on Sunday. I'm not 100% sure about how they use him, if he would follow somebody or if he's you know left side, right side. So I couldn't speak on that. Based on that quote, maybe it sounds like he'd see a lot more of Pickens. And... That would make sense if, you know, they are more matchup-specific oriented, the Packers, I mean, because Pickens has been drawing the number one Mm -hmm. attention from the past. Even with Deontay back, I think people thought maybe that would shift back to Deontay. It has not. It has stayed at Pickens, and Deontay has done a great job of taking advantage Mm -hmm. of that, which is what you need to have happen, and maybe that'll soften some stuff up on Pickens uh, with Deontay opening up some space for him, but you need a big game out of George. And even if Jair is out there and you said the matchup was him versus Kenny Pickett, uh, don't shy away from 
pushing the ball towards George just because that's the side that Alexander's on. Don't don't try to just cut the field in half and s- treat him like Revis in his prime because he's a great player, but I he's not, you know, especially coming off of an injury, somebody that you can't attack. Agree with you on that, but approach with caution. 100%. Yeah, I'm not saying you because just bomb it to Jair every time. A big part of the Steelers' success has been that their, their, their turnover ratio is the second best in the NFL, plus eight on the season, right? They've done a good job of taking care of it on offense. That has to continue. And, you know, Kenny has had some ball luck this season in that regard, I think. I mean, the Raiders and the Jags both dropped easy pick sixes. Uh, the Texans and the Rams both dropped easy interceptions. You do that against Jair Alexander, he ain't going to drop it. Nope. He's going to make you pay. Um, Again, probably not 100%, but when he is, or maybe even not, he is in that conversation as the best corner in the National Football League. I'm with Tom. He's not a Revis. There's not a Revis right now in the NFL. I think Sauce Gardner could get to that point, but he's having a little bit of a sophomore slump. Uh, But he is in that conversation, Jair Alexander as the top corner in the entire National Football League with the Ramseys, with the Sauce Gardners, with the Pat Sertains, with all those guys. Don't let him have a T.J. Watt-type impact on this game. Don't let him get his hands on a football and take off running the other direction. Can't have it. Got to take care of it. Doesn't mean you have to completely, like Tom said, ignore his half of the field, but just approach with caution when, uh, when targeting Jair Alexander because he will make you pay. That's number three. Five-star Friday, matchup numero quattro. (laughs) Naj and Jalen against the Packers linebackers, particularly Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. Um, Those two guys are good. Not superstar all-pro good, but those are two. They've got a solid uh, second level of that defense across the board. Not a TJ Watt in there, but a lot of really good players in there. And like you and I talked about at the you know at the start of the first hour of the program, Tom, this offense really ran the belt the ball well on Thursday. That's our biggest kind of optimism for them having success down the stretch this season. That need to, needs to continue at home on Sunday. You got to have success. You got to be able to get to the second level. You got to be able to make some of these guys miss right and turn a, a six or a seven yard run into a twenty yard run. Uh, they both had runs of over 20 yards last week. Let's see that again this week. Quay Walker didn't play against the Rams. He did and not. He has not practiced. He has yet not this practiced week. either. So something to keep your eye on yep. as we get closer to the weekend and work our way through the weekend if he's going to be out there. But yeah, I agree. Campbell and Walker are a very underrated duo. Uh, Packers defense with uh, Matt Williamson has pointed this out all week long. They've used since 2011 every first round pick that they've had on a defensive player, except for Jordan. Except Love. for Jordan Love, it's insane. You wonder why that offense looks so barren, right? But now. also their defense is good. But like his point is, their defense should be a lot better. It should be, should be the best. Those guys in the should be rounding into their prime, as well as some young players being sprinkled in there. It should have. 49ers like potential on Correct. that side of the defense that just never was realized. Uh, those two linebackers, though, Quay Walker was just recently added into the mix, and he's he's a great linebacker. But I'm, Warren and Najee, I think, are going to control this game. You look at the overall numbers for the Packers, and the thing that stands out is their rush defense is not that great. It's like 23rd in the NFL. So I think it's a good week to attack them on the ground. Same here. Naj, Warren, they had themselves big, big weeks on Thursday last week. Let's keep that rolling inside Akershire Stadium once again as uh, that's five-star Friday matchup numero quattro. Five-star Friday matchup number five. Real simple, whichever wide receiver is lined up against Carrington Valentine. (laughs) Expose him. Burn him. Great name. Great name. 
He's a seventh, seventh round, round pick, yeah. pick as a rookie right now. And credit to him, he's done pretty well. Yeah, they traded Rizzo Douglas. I they mean, traded Rizzo Douglas. I don't know Douglas. because they think Carrington's a dude, but Go just Mountaineers. because they felt okay with him sliding Correct. in. Correct. And you know what? To his credit, too, albeit against a depleted Rams team, he played his best game of his NFL career. He had three PBUs last week. That means they're throwing at him a lot. Be- that means they're throwing at him a lot, and too. And it was exactly Rippian throwing right. at him. And I think Kenny's a little better than Rippian. I think we can all agree on that one. This one, Tom, for me, is in the spirit of Motsi. Motsi always likes to have a five-star matchup that this is one the Steelers have to win decisively. Okay, This one is. This is that one yeah. for this week. GP or Deontay, who's ever going up against a seventh-round rookie, you got to win that one. That's got to be a W for us, clearly, decisively, and that's my fifth and final matchup. Well, you know what? You got to throw Kenny in there as well because it, it, it has shown, it has proven that it's not just about the receivers winning their matchups. You got to hit them when they're open, and that has left Kenny in quarters one through three. So hopefully, when they do beat up on Carrington Valentine, when they put him in a blender with their route, you can hit him in stride. You can maybe get a little yak on top of a nice gain. It ain't February. No Valentine's Day on Sunday. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Carrington Valentine sounds like a Red Dead Redemption character. Totally. Right? <laughs> Dutch, Dutch, we gotta go Carrington Valentine. Carrington Valentine. <laughs> also sounds like, uh, I don't know, like one of the kids they make fun of in South Park. No, I like yours better. Dutch. They're no longer Carrington Valentine. We're going to get some gold. <laughs> Our man of gold, Brian Backo, on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Things have been a little different this week with Motsi out, of course. We got our buddy Tom in today, filling in kind enough to join us for two hours here. But one thing that stays the same, of course, are the Friday fixins, And one of those fixins is none other than our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo, covers the Steelers for the Post-Gazette, joins us Uh, about this time every single week to preview the upcoming action, to give us the latest from the locker room. Mr. Backo, how we doing, partner? Doing well, Wes. If I were a fix-in, what do you think I would be? Oh, you're green bean casserole, baby. <laughs> you know, what? while that everybody was such an insult. Well, no, because everybody talks about Jerry Dulac. Everybody talks about Ray Fittipaldo. Everybody talks about the real key is the green bean casserole. Everyone knows about the mashed potatoes and the mac and cheese and the pumpkin pie, all right? But the, uh, but the real good stuff that you really need is the green bean casserole just like you need, Brian Backo, baby. You're the mashed potatoes to me, Brian. That's ridiculous. I was going to say maybe cornbread, a lot of substance. That's a good one. Not a lot of flash, but gets the job done. <laughs> you good dinner roll? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, no. Cornbread's way better than a dinner yeah, roll. Yeah, dinner roll, Wes. Whoa, you're, you guys are insulting the green bean casserole the and the calorie? dinner roll? I mean, jeez. 
powdery dinner roll with white stuff coming off of it. No, he's the <laughs> Mr. Backo's the he's the nice red wine that I'm drinking with the <laughs> with the dinner bag. He's a nice bottle of cab, cousin. That's what we're talking about. Up now things here. are getting dirty. <laughs> I don't know if that's a fixin' technically, but it's a good point. You know, it's a drink. It's we not we a know where Wes's mind is at at uh, one twenty on a Friday. <laughs> it is five o'clock somewhere. Uh, Mr. Backo just left the locker room. All right, so make me feel good. What do you got for us? Atlanta Roberts gonna play. Cam Hayward gonna play. How you feeling? I can make you feel good on those two. Um, You know, I saw them both during the individual uh, portion of practice, which is obviously an an upgrade for them. Um, You know, wasn't really concerned about Elandon Roberts to begin with. He talked early in the week, and I think if there were anything more significant than just a minor minor issue, he would have said that, um, or we would have gotten wind of that somehow. Cam was, you know maybe slightly noncommittal today, but I think it's, it's more of just, uh, you know, what did, um, what did Alville and the wave always called David DeCastro, Doomer Dave. It's a little bit of Doomer cam. He's 34. He just, you know, he had surgery earlier this season. He, you know, he was on IR. Like, I think he, he doesn't want to take anything for granted, but reading between the lines and just seeing him out there, I'd be shocked if he's not playing on Sunday against the Packers. It's big, Brian, that Roberts is back for that inside linebacking unit that lost Cole Holcomb. But it's safe to assume that the rotation of three men is is going to be abandoned now, and it's going to be Alexander and Roberts for the most part, and maybe Robinson sprinkles in here and there. Yeah, I think so. And and I, I think it's safe to assume that there are going to be some hiccups too, guys. I mean, you, you never know. Maybe those two will mesh immediately. But I, I think Cole Holcomb was a true – a glue player for them in the middle. He was you know, wearing the green dot. He was communicating. He was pretty good against the run. He was pretty good against the pass. He was making splash plays. I think there are going to be some issues there as they try to replace him for a first, you know, entire game. It's just good that you're, you're facing Jordan Love and the Packers who in terms of, you know, making the simple throws, taking the layups, the intermediate passes from time to time, not always his strength. Um, and you're not facing a more veteran quarterback who could really pick you apart over the middle, identify mismatches, and and confuse you. And as far as, you know, yeah, you're going to miss Holcomb against the run game too, which the Packers are much better at. But I'm not – I mean, you look at the stats, and then Roberts has been really good against the run, and, and I'm not worried about Alexander in that regard either. I just think it's more so uh, a little bit of a worry in terms of defending the pass with those two at inside linebackers. Interesting. Well, that's going to be a big key, without a doubt. We talked a little bit about that earlier, Tom and I. Let me ask you this. What are you expecting from the Packers' offense, Brian? Because it's been a struggle big time this year, with the caveat of I think they had their best week of the season last week. They've been banged up on the offensive line. They've been banged up in the backfield, but they got Aaron Jones back. He had over 70 yards on the ground and a touchdown last week, a couple catches out of the backfield as well. I think because of that, that's part of the reason why Jordan Love played his best game in his NFL career. Uh, it was like 20 of 24 with a touchdown pass and no turnovers. Do you expect a Packers offense that will continue to look improved, or do you think last week was maybe maybe just a one-off against uh, against a Rams team that was pretty banged up as well? I mean, I, I think they'll continue to improve. I think they'll hit on some big, big plays downfield against the Steelers because everybody seems to, so – um, you know, I don't think that will be a, a huge issue for them, but I think the bigger problem is going to be, um, you know, trying to stop TJ Watt and Alex Ty Smith from making the game changing plays, especially uh, on the left side of their line. They've, they've been rotating a little bit because of injuries and ineffectiveness with 
Yosh Nyman, uh, who's taken over for David Bakhtiari, moving from the right to the left. And they've had um, seventh-round pick out of Penn State, Rasheed Walker, in there at times, too. So I just think that's a matchup that favors Alex Highsmith. He, he might eat on Sunday, and if he doesn't, you know, T.J. Watt, is going to make some waves. And I think it's, you know, there's going to be a strip sack here and there. There's going to be something like that where Jordan Love just isn't ready for those maniacs coming off the edge. So if they can do that, you know, the bend but don't break defense in the secondary that's worked well enough for them to be five and three through two games should still get the job done again. Brian, what do the Packers really do well? I mean, preparing for this matchup, talking about this matchup all week, it's just like it's so blah on both sides of the ball. Offense, defense, like what's their strength uh, according to you? Well, offensively, certainly the run game. I mean, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are, uh, are kind of your classic thunder and lightning pairing, and, and Jones really had it going last week against the Rams. Um, but we saw that the Steelers were able to get it going a little bit too against that Rams front seven. You know, they're not exactly the uh, the monsters of the midway. So I do think they can they can try to, you know, if they do establish the run game and open up the play-action pass and make life easier on Jordan Love, then, then yeah, then, then you could be in for a long day if you're the Steelers' defense, especially without Minka Fitzpatrick, which I fully anticipate uh, that, that they will not have him again um, uh, at safety. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Tom, I mean, their edge rushers are good, too. Uh, they're not T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith uh, territory, but Rashawn Gary's a, a really powerful, quick player coming around the edge, and Preston Smith's a, a vet who's been around. I mean, he's got some some brute force to him as well, and he just knows how to play the game. So they'll, they'll both be a difficult matchup. For Broderick Jones, they don't uh, they don't play it like the Steelers, where they keep them anchored to one side. They will move around based on what they see in the formation. And certainly for Gary, who's now a hundred million dollar player, they're going to want to put him in the most advantageous positions to wreck the game. How are we feeling, uh, Mr. Backo, about Kenny Pickett in this one for the Pittsburgh Steelers? It. You know, Tom and I were talking about this conundrum a little bit earlier. It, it looks like there's going to be some matchups that are advantageous uh, for Kenny and the wide receivers to take <clears> advantage of, particularly considering what Jair Alexander's health might be with him not having practiced all week. But at the same time, too, we know this is a Steelers offense that has been running the ball much better and a Packers defense that struggles to stop the run. So is this another let's play it conservative, we're going to be just fine, there'll be enough opportunity out there, or might this be the week that we see Kenny Pickett, you know, put up a few more yards, maybe throw for a couple touchdowns. How would you go about, you know, game planning for that heading into this one? Guys, I, I really do think this is going to be the week that this offense breaks out. It's probably not the first time I've said it. You, you could probably go clip me <laughs> on a previous Friday telling you and Moats, uh, fill, filling you guys with good vibes, as I always do, right? But um, I think this is going to be a week that they push the ball downfield, like you mentioned there, Wes, take advantage of a secondary that is, is suspect even with Jair Alexander as a shutdown corner. You know, with him having that shoulder injury and not practicing at all this week, um, if he's not out there, they're, they're, they're completely depleted. I mean, they're, they're probably going to be one of the worst cornerback units in the NFL if, if they also don't have him a couple weeks after trading Russell Douglas to the Bills, and they haven't had uh, Eric Stokes, another starter, all season because of a hamstring injury. So um, you you should be able to dice them up with George Pickens and, and Deontay Johnson. I don't even know that it'll be a uh, issue of trying to force feed Pickens because I just think he's going to be able to win against whoever's lined up across from him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a week for, dare I say, uh, 
could it be the first 400 yard game <laughs> under Matt Canada as the Steelers offensive coordinator? It, I, you know, I wouldn't bet on it because we have a very long track record suggesting that won't be the case, but it also would not surprise me. So you just mentioned you, you don't think they'd even have to force the ball into George Pickens hands in this game, but do you think there will be a concerted effort to get him the ball early? Um, probably. I mean, I just think that's, even if it's not related to some of his you know, antics on the field and, and away from the field, it's, it's probably just common sense football wise to try to get your playmakers going early on, especially if it hasn't really been there for them lately. I mean, we've seen in his, throughout his short career here, fellas, like when it doesn't come to him early, sometimes it just doesn't come at all. Um, and I don't know if that was part of the, you know, the, the miscue for him in the end zone, if he just didn't feel like he was in, the flow of that game and thus we didn't see the typical and it wouldn't even have required a typical George Pickens circus catch it would have been a run-of-the-mill routine NFL receiver getting both feet down so um, I think there's there's just also that basic X's and O's um, football common sense aspect to it as well feed 14 early unless they're completely trying to take him away but again with all the issues that they're having health-wise on the back end I don't know that they can afford to do any of that they're probably going to have to play a lot of soft zone and dare Kenny Pickett to dice them up with it you know because they they know as well as we do the inaccuracy has left him at times if I'm Packers DT Joe Barry who the fans up there don't seem to like very much if that (laughs) sounds familiar uh, I'd probably make number eight uh, make the make those throws and beat me that way Brian Backo of the Post-Gazette with us here on the Blitz. Just a couple more minutes with our good friend of the show. I asked this to Tom at the at the start of the program today, Brian, and I'd be interested to get your take. What's your confidence level in the Steelers' offense uh, progressing, improving down the stretch in the back half of the season? We saw it last year, albeit in different ways, right, but still certainly a big part of that 7-2 and two record was the improved run game, the ability of Kenny Pickett to lead game-winning drives. We've seen some of that. We're starting to see more of that here as of late. But in terms of taking a step forward, running the ball like that more consistently, maybe not having to wait until the fourth quarter to go win games in, in dramatic, heartburn-inducing fashion, What's your? let's go on a scale of 1 to 10. What's your confidence level I'm not saying that they all of a sudden turn into the Chiefs or the Dolphins or anything like that, right? But your confidence level that we will notice a noticeable improvement from the offense in the back half of the season. I'd, I'd probably say a nine, honestly, and and not necessarily because I think they're going to start tearing it up, lighting up the scoreboard, but you just can't be a lot worse than they were <laughs> for the first, we'll say, seven games, right? I mean, it's it's kind of just playing – the law of averages there that, uh, you know, scoring one touchdown a game is not really something that, that you're going to have to deal with throughout a season. Although, I mean, last year was, was not much better in, in that regard. But, I mean, yes, we did see them improve down the stretch in, in Pickett's rookie year. I think we're already starting to see some improvement if that Titans game was not a flash in the pan. And while I'm concerned that there are some good defenses approaching, Cleveland, Cincinnati, even Green Bay can – Again, if those edge rushers get off and that defensive line, um, you know, wreaks some havoc, then then it won't be easy for Kenny to step up into the pocket and make throws. But still, um, yeah, you face the Ravens again, uh, but you also have some soft spots um, coming up. Colts and Cardinals have not been good, at least statistically, on defense. And, you know, that's a game in a dome where Kenny tends to play better. So, yes, I'm my confidence level is probably a 9.3 
that this offense is, is going to make strides. I don't think it'll be enough to really retain the, uh, the play caller at the end of the day, but uh, I think there's, there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel for this group. Last week, Brian, you know, we really saw the running game come alive against Tennessee, and hopefully the next evolution of that is using a little more play action and hitting a deep shot off of that running game. Kenny last week, uh, Thursday against the Titans, really didn't throw the ball downfield much. I think that was more of a concern about his ribs, maybe not letting him hang back there as long and not letting him get hit. Now that he's healthy, do you think you might see them let him hang back there some and push the ball downfield? Um. I just don't know that that's going to be a, a real big part of this offense. Uh, I, I think, you know, they do want to lean on the running game for sure. I, I still don't know that Kenny is super comfortable with turning his back to the defense and, and, and a lot of quarterbacks aren't, especially young ones. But I mean, even Ben Roethlisberger that well, I think we all know that his preferred method was at least by the end of his career was being back there in the shotgun, surveying the whole field um, by, by the end of his future Hall of Fame career, he was a lot more adept at that than a second-year guy, even one with as much polish as Kenny had at Pitt. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I don't anticipate that being a huge staple of what they're able to do. I mean, I think they just – they kind of need to keep doing what they're doing and do it better. I mean, I, I don't have a huge problem with uh, the overall structure of things. I, I generally don't. I, I think NFL offensive coordinators have a – a baseline level of acumen and understanding of scheme. And there's so much more involved when it comes to yes, the personnel, but also having a feel for the game, the flow of the game. And I suppose you can argue that play action is part of that, but I also just think it's uh, that the players need to execute and Canada needs to, uh, to, to put the right game plans together going in. And, you know, maybe that being on the field one time seemed to work. Uh, however, whatever ingredients went into that stew. Hmm. Well, what fixins went into that stew? I mean, it'd bring us back right to where we started, right? All right, Mr. Backo, as always, you know what time it is. Before we let you go here on a Friday, we got to get your prediction. Steelers, Packers, two of the most storied franchises in not only the NFL, but all of American sports, Sunday at 1 p.m. at Acrisure Stadium. How does it play out? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I hinted at this earlier. I think the Steelers have their their by far their best offensive game of the season with Green Bay coming here. I'm gonna and then they'll be dancing in the streets if this happens. But I'm gonna go Steelers thirty, Packers twenty three. Wow. So not a blowout because, like I said, I think there will be some some lapses for a defense that's that's missing Cole Holcomb and Minka Fitzpatrick. But ultimately, I think the Packers are even more banged up on that side of the ball. And I think there's a little bit of good, let's just use Mike Tomlin's word, a little bit of good mojo right now for Kenny Pickett and company. I love it. Brian Batko going with the fan favorite answer, although will it be because it's been a pretty good track record of you picking against the Steelers and them winning so far this season. Yes, but I picked them last week and they won. That is so correct. I didn't jinx them against the Titans. Well, maybe we'll get ourselves a little bit of a streak going here, cousin. Wouldn't that be nice? Brian Backo, he doesn't I do. I, I think I had the Jaguars beating the Steelers, right? I think so you did. I guess I'm yeah. Two and two, two in a row now. So, hey, yeah. Don't let me get hot, baby. If we get one more, that's called a winning streak. <laughs> it has happened before. He doesn't do cap. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. Make sure you're checking out all his great work in the PG on his. Steelers coverage. Mr. Brian Backo, thanks as always for your time, partner, and we'll see you Sunday. All right. See you, cousins.
There he is, Shaler's finest, Brian Backo. We got to get to a break. When we come back on the other side, here we go, Song. Our predictions, your predictions, it's all on the table. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Ah, it's Willy Wonka time here on the Blitz. So much to do. So little time. I just completely butchered that. You get it. It's our jam-packed final segment here. So much to do in so little time. Willy Wonka, of course, as always, we start with the Here We Go song before we get to your predictions and give ours last chance knuckleheads to get those tweets in. You got about five minutes here now, or just wait until next week. Uh, at Wesley Euler, at Madden Producer is where you can tweet us your predictions. But, Tom, it's time for the Here We Go song. All right, you ready for this? I'm excited for I'm it. I'm going to start it off. Like, normally Moats, like kind of does this beat thing for me, so I'm just going to casually kind of hum the beat that everybody knows here, and then you just go, you just wherever you want to go, whatever you want to do. Is it acapella? Is it oh, it's acapella because we can't, okay. you know, license music as of a couple years ago. We can't play the actual beat anymore like uh. we used to. So, <clears throat> here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Steelers. Here we go. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Yeah, the Cheeseheads are coming off a win. But that was now and this is then. Packers office might be feeling good until they come to TJ and Alex's hood. Here we go. Here we go. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Yay, in Green Bay, they cheered a pack. But there's one thing they all lack. Here we go. They ain't got a hype song like this. Gonna get this win and blow them a kiss. Here we go. Here we go. Steelers, here we go. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Come on, offense. Now is the time. Here we go. Feel the rhythm. Feel the run. Here we go. About time to come alive. You'll see as on Sunday we get this victory. Here we go. Here we go. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Very nice. Not bad, huh? Did you notice I totally butchered that line to start? I said the Cheeseheads no. are coming off a win. I didn't. But that was now and this is then. And I think I got that backwards. That's when okay. I was that doesn't it. matter. I didn't even notice Strike it. Strike it from the record. Nope. No one noticed no one it. Noticed you just keep it moving. It back I know. Up, I shouldn't so. have said anything. There is your Green Bay Packers. Here we go song. Whew. Always thrilling. Thanks to Tom for sitting in. 
And thanks to ChatGPT for writing it. <laughs> I, you know uh, what? Uh, I should do that. No, I should kidding. do that one of these weeks, yeah, actually. I should AI start phoning this in. Packers, Steelers, to the tune of this. And then upload the MP3 of the Here We Go song. To the tune of Claire Dulon. <laughs> All right, let's get to the tweets before we get out of here. Just a few minutes. Let's roll through them. Marco tweets and says Steelers 27, Packers 17, Kenny Pickett 280 yards and two touchdowns, an interception for Joey Porter Jr. By the way, I always like green bean casserole more than I thought I would. I love. I didn't mean that as an insult. I just sounded like I you love went green way bean down casserole. the list on the you know people's favorite dishes there. Green bean casserole is okay. Bill tweets and says 27 to 12. Good guys. Kenny, multiple touchdowns. Not sure who to hear. Good to hear shirtless Tom live on air. Welcome to the Electric Factory. There you go. Man of the people. Optimistic so far with these predictions. I like them. Trey tweets and says, here we go. It's going to come down to the wire. Special teams will be a factor. One or more special teams touchdowns. Wow. The Steelers win by a field goal and another close one, 27 to 24. I lean more towards that. If we get multiple special teams touchdowns, yeah, it, better, it better be a decisive victory. I meant the close game part, not that part. For sure. Zach tweets and says, Steelers with a 30-burger this week, Woo! but the defense is going to have to score one for us, 31-14. to 14. Oh, so it's kind of a 30-burger this week. Hey, they kind don't, ask, they don't ask how. They ask how many. <laughs> Jacob tweets and says, Steelers 24, Packers 16. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Pickens goes off this mm-hmm. week. I think so. Najee and Warren keep up the good running. And uh, Jordan Love struggles with the high wattage pressure. I think that's pretty astute analysis. I think that's all good. that stuff is going to happen this week. Jacob, you want to host the show on Monday? I mean, come on. Maybe that was – is that Jacob Recht? Is no, that young Jacob? Don't give him that much credit. Faux Shiz Alaska tweets and says Steelers 27, Packers 17. Double digits. Glad Tom for being a wingman. The real Teddy, not to be confused with the fake Teddy, says, What's up, cousins? As always, great show. My prediction for this week, Steelers 27, Packers 23. Okay. Four-point victory. Me tweets us, me, and says, me and Mrs. Me were at the Steelers-Titans game, and we liked what we saw. Seems to be a little bit of rounding the corner with the offense. That being said, I have a bad feeling. Hey, me, how are you going to set us up and knock us down that way? such a good feeling about the offense? And he says, Green Bay 24, Pittsburgh 13. So the offense is going to stink So the offense, yeah, we don't have me, get out of here! You sly dog! Get out of here! Set us up and knock us down like we're some bowling pens. Steeler rocker, our buddy Jay in New Hampshire. Offense holds Green Bay to just, or defense holds Green Bay to just field goals. Offense with three touchdowns and a field goal, twenty-four to nine. Steelers can't let me down. I got a buddy who's a big cheesehead who's coming over to watch. That would be a comfortable win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll take a comfortable win. It's been a long time. Buddy, you ain't lying. You and me both. Rock in the truck tweets us and says, now Rock is from Seattle. He says, just as folks are uh, around me are still mad about the 2005 Super Bowl, I'm still not over the 2010 Super Bowl. Steelers 31 to 14. Okay. I know he's not alone. I know he's not alone in that regard. I know he's not alone in that regard. Our buddy Steeler Nation 920 from Wisconsin, which, of course, 920, Wisconsin area code. This one means a lot to him. Tyler says, welcome to the show, Shirtless Tom. I've been blaring the Pittsburgh polka in the Here We Go song with various episodes of the Blitz all day. The cheese heads are fuming. The looks of disparity and disgust I've been getting are glorious. Who ride? Who ride? TJ, three sacks. Highsmith, two sacks. Steelers win 21-7. to that's going to be a long day for Jordan Love. a long day for poor Jordan Love. He ain't going to love that. Todd tweets us 
and says the offense puts it together a little bit more with Najee and Warren combining for over 200 yards. Steelers win 27 to 16. I like that. I like, I would love to see them at least flirt with 200 yards total on the ground. If they do that, I think it's going to be a comfortable victory. Jason tweets and says Steelers 23, Cheeseheads 13. Defense racks up six sacks and a pick six. And Pickens and Deontay both get the back of the end zone. I like that. I'll take that. Rod Dallas says prediction Steelers win 35 to 14. Wow. That would be a hell of a nice 30 burger right there. And straightforward from Rod Dalla. All right. Last refresh. DJ tweets and says 27-10 Steelers. Uh, Ricky tweets and says Steelers win 30 to 17. Joey Porter Jr. with a pick six. Uh, let's see here. And uh, I think that's it. That's it. Joey Porter Jr. with the pick six shout out. I'll take it. All right, Tom. I'll be a gentleman, and I will go last. Your score prediction for Sunday, 1 o'clock, Ackershire Stadium, Steelers-Packers. How's it play out? I so want this to be the game that the offense breaks out in. I so want this to be a comfortable victory, but I got the Steelers winning 20-17 to in a game that makes your stomach hurt and you're reaching for the Tums and Pepto-Bismol at least three times before halftime. So close one, but you're going to be 6-3, and three, Steelers Nation, and you can't argue with that. 21-13, Steelers win. Okay. Three touchdowns. One will be set up on a short field by the defense, like a L.A.-type situation where they'll have first and goal at the five-yard line or whatever it was. Two other touchdowns. One, a Kenny Pickett pass to George Pickens. The other, a rushing touchdown by one of the tandem in the backfield. Will they be winning in the fourth quarter in your prediction? or will those Yes. Be, this will not require a fourth quarter comeback. I think it'll be like there'll be some opportunities for Green Bay, but Pittsburgh will get the they'll ball just keep holding it, and, yep. and hold it down and bleed that thing down. So a little heartburn-inducing, but not crazy. Um, like maybe like it was on Thursday with them driving at the end with a chance to go and win the game. Worst case scenario, the Packers will have to convert a uh, a two-point conversion to tie that thing and send it to overtime, but I don't think we get in there. That'll do it for the show today. Tom, thanks as always, partner. Great stuff. Happy to do it. Always a fun two hours when you're in here. Making Make sure you guys are checking out the Steelers Standard with Tom and Jacob wherever you get your podcast. Asked and Answered with Tom and Labs. Uh, and, of course, he is the producer of the number one sports show in this town of Pittsburgh. We always appreciate having Tom in here. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. Show him some love at Madden Producer as well. And uh, thanks to all of you for participating on the tweets. You know we appreciate you guys. You make it fun with everything we do here. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. Let's get a W. We'll be back here to break it all down on Monday. As always, you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.